Pastor Ray Bentley says the name of Jesus prompts a decision. The Bible declares that Jesus is fully God. He would be called Emmanuel. Do you know what that name means? God with us. That is the name prophetically given to Jesus. God with us. And every human heart must decide, what are you going to do with Jesus? Spread the news of his people coming down before the King. Lift your voice. Jesus is coming. Join the song. Sing along. Let it ring. Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. In the first century, many people had a hard time understanding who Jesus was and how they should respond to him. It's interesting many people have that same difficulty today. During the next half hour, Pastor Ray makes sure we know exactly who Jesus is and that how we respond to him has eternal ramifications. Matthew chapter 27 You know, we've got just a few life lessons. And so the first one, the trial of Jesus was illegal according to Jewish law. So Matthew chapter 27, the first couple of verses. So it says, when morning came. By the way, this trial begins in the middle of the night. Contrary to Jewish law and rabbinical law, They've actually already gone through a couple of stages of trial, accusing Jesus and bringing false witnesses against him during the night. Did you know that the Jewish people said it is illegal for, you know, it doesn't matter who they are, where they've come from, but in Jewish law, you don't do trials in the night. That speaks of hidden things, darkness. That's where things are hidden. And so it should be brought out in the daytime. So the whole beginning of Jesus' trial, though it had a religious flavor to it and cover for it, in fact, that's why they're meeting now in the morning. They want to have an official Sanhedrin meeting with Pharisees, Sadducees, scribes, and elders of the people to justify what they just already did illegally during the night. And the whole thing that is happening and unfolding is unjust in every single way. And only when Jesus confessed, when he was asked by the high priest, I adjure you by the living God, are you the Messiah? And Jesus' response was, yes, as you say, I am. I am the Messiah. I am the son of man, the son of God. And immediately they cried out blasphemy, which by the way, would be accurate if he actually was not the Messiah, the son of God. But If he was who he claimed to be, then their charges were false. And that's where we're going to see that God had already prophesied and predicted through the prophets that when this long-awaited Messiah finally came to his own people first, the Jewish people, he would be rejected by his own people, betrayed by his own disciples So now, verses uh, 3 through 10, back to Judas Iscariot. Then Judas, his betrayer, seeing that he had been condemned, was remorseful and brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. And they said, what is that to us? 
you see to it. And then Judas threw down the pieces of silver in the temple and he departed and he went and hanged himself. But the chief priests took the silver pieces and they said, oh, here, we got the money back that, you know, that we gave that guy to betray Jesus of Nazareth, but it's not lawful to put them into the treasury. We can't put them into the offering with all the other worship money and so forth because they are the price of blood. So they're trying to be holy about this blood money. But then look what Matthew says in verse nine, then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet saying, and they took the 30 pieces of silver, the value of him who was priced, whom they of the children of Israel priced, and they gave them for the potter's field as the Lord directed me. So I want you to notice very carefully the word that is used by Matthew in uh, Matthew chapter 27, verse three. It says, then Judas, his betrayer, seeing that he had been condemned, was remorseful. The word used here, remorse, is not the same word as repent. Because you remember, Peter denied the Lord. He did it three times. But Peter repented. And the word repent means change your mind. It's to change your heart. It's not only that you realize what you did is wrong, but in relationship, Peter wanted to restore a relationship with Jesus, to be forgiven, to be given an opportunity to continue to know him and love him and follow him, which Jesus gave to him. Peter, do you love me? Lord, you know I love you. Feed my sheep. Peter, do you really love me? Lord, you know that I love you. Feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Feed my sheep. Peter was healed by Jesus giving him three opportunities to kind of unwind, to repent of his three denials. But Judas never said anything to Jesus. He never went to Jesus. He never talked about Jesus. The idea is repentance means you would change your mind. Judas, by being remorseful, it means he felt awful about what had happened to Jesus, but if given the same circumstances, he would have still done it again. He hadn't been changed he made no effort to defend Jesus. No, he's not who you say or what you think. I believe in him or to rescue Jesus. He had no desire to vindicate Jesus. He didn't even go to Jesus. He didn't even think of Jesus or say anything to Jesus. Here's what Judas said though. I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. So like the religious leaders, they couldn't really find anything wrong with Jesus. They had to, you know, kind of create their own thing to bring accusation. And then in verse five, so, you know, he comes to them and goes, no, you guys, don't do this. I've sinned by betraying innocent blood. And they said, what is that to us? You see to it. And then verse five, then he threw down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. And you know the enemy set Judas up the whole way along. I could use this guy. I'm gonna plant seeds in this guy. I'm gonna cut him off from relationship with Jesus and just do your own thing, Judas. Take care of yourself. You be the treasurer. You make sure you got what you need financially. It's all about you. You can be your own God. That's Satan's lie. So he set Judas up and then he condemned him. How dare you? Even you have said, he's innocent. I've betrayed innocent blood. And the devil was there and Judas left alone and all he's got is now the devil and his philosophy, he takes his own life. So I want us to agree together 
to resist the blood of Jesus upon the family of God. And for those who, you know, you're struggling or, you, you know, you have things in your past or whatever, do not let shame take you out. Jesus died on the cross and he took our shame. And guess what? It didn't stay on him. Jesus absorbed all of our shame, all of our guilt, all of our failures, all of our sins. Yes, he absorbed all of it, but guess what? He paid for it. And when he died, it's done. It's over. The shame disappeared. The guilt has been rubbed out. The blood of Jesus is pure and holy and righteous, and he lives forever. And if you are his child, he's with you. And he says, I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. There are some of you that, okay, you have shame in your past, and you still live in the shadow of it. If you're living that way, it can shrink you. It can be a heavy weight and a burden on you. You are not meant to live as a child of God with the shadow of shame from your past. This is a challenge to you from your pastor to take the word of God seriously that the blood of Jesus, it's gone. And you don't have to live with that shame anymore. You are free, free in the spirit. I want you to look at verse 11 real quick. Let's go back to the scripture here. So after the field of blood, oh, I wanted to mention one thing in uh, verse nine where it says, this was fulfilled that was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. And some people jump in and they go, whoa, wait a second, that actual prophecy was by the prophet Zechariah. It's not Jeremiah, ha, 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 there's a mistake in the Bible. So the Bible's not really the word of God. Okay, so let me share with you uh, a new understanding. No, it's not a mistake. Uh, it, it is not some kind of error that the translators made or make us lose faith in the word of God. And from a Jewish perspective, they have what are called the law, then they have the writings, and then they have the prophets. And so they've divided the entire Old Testament up into three different sections. So what I want to share with you is the prophetic section uh, is, which has got, you know, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and all that, all the way to the end of Malachi was called the Jeremiah section. It's just the name for all of the prophets. So Zechariah is included in Jeremiah, and if you were Jewish, and most of Messianic believers already know this, they're, they're not bothered by this, but, you know, here we are in America, and we're going, hey, that's in Zechariah, it's not Jeremiah, oh, it's a mistake, I can't trust the Bible. Well, you need to learn and understand more. The more that we learn and understand our Jewish roots, and that's where, you know, Jesus was Jewish. And the Bible needs to be understood in its context, in its language, and within its culture and understanding. So there is no problem with that. And then talking about it, the 30 pieces of silver, the value, that's the, in the Old Testament, in the law, that was the value of a slave. That's how they valued Jesus. That's all they valued him. But how interesting that even the 30 pieces of silver, because it couldn't go into the treasury, is used to buy a field, a potter's field, that strangers and aliens and the poor are able to be buried in. Again, everything that touches Jesus, I was going to say turns to gold, but it can also turn to silver. I mean, it literally, it is blessed and anointed and mighty and used by God. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. Since Pastor Ray went to heaven, we've received encouraging comments from listeners around the country and also near to home 
We have been listening to Pastor Ray for 25 years. He was always excited to preach about Jesus and couldn't wait to see him face to face. Now he is happy with the Lord with no more pain or sadness. Thank you for leading our family with your easy to understand sermons every week. May the Lord give comfort and strength to the Bentley family. Although he's gone home, his teachings continue here on the radio thanks to the support from listeners like you. If you'd like to partner with Ray Bentley Ministries and Maranatha Radio, just go to our website at www.raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. Well, look with me in verse 11. We're going to just wrap this up in the next few verses very quickly here. But here's the question we must all answer. Are you the king of the Jews? Now Jesus stood before the governor. This is a man named Pontius Pilate. And the governor asked him, Jesus, saying, Are you the king of the Jews? Now Pilate, he's a Gentile, Roman guy. His, you know, he was given a tough job to be the Roman uh, governor, and you're overseeing Israel and the Jewish people. Just as Israel has a lot of uh, controversy today, it had a lot of controversy 2,000 years ago, and there were constant rebellions, times when the Jewish people would revolt and they would rebel, and even though they were small, they were mighty and they were powerful, and the whole story of the Maccabees, and they would overthrow their enemies even though they were outnumbered, and so a kingdom and a king could be a threat, but Pilate is trying to figure this, he goes, I kind of got a feeling you're like a religious guy, and it's into their, your religious deals, and, but they say you are a king, are you a threat? But here he asks, are you the king of the Jews? And I want to just take a moment and say an answer to this. Jesus Christ makes a claim on every human heart. And listen, someday you're going to have to answer that question. Who is Jesus Christ to you? Who do you say that he is? doesn't matter what I say or somebody else says or your parents or your brother or your sister. Who do you say that Jesus Christ is? And every human heart must decide, what are you going to do with Jesus? Now, the Bible declares that Jesus is fully God. And it was divinely predicted that he would be called Emmanuel. Do you know what that name means? God with us. That is the name prophetically given to the Messiah and given to Jesus. God with us. He was called by many divine names, such as the Holy One, the Righteous One. And then as Jesus began to, you know, share for three and a half years, he demonstrated a, an intimacy and relationship with his father. Jesus could not stop talking about his dad, God the Father. And Jesus said, my father, to know me is to know my father. To believe in me is to believe in my father because my father sent me. If you have seen me, Jesus said, you have seen the Father. <laughs> he is bringing himself equal with almighty God. And so the Bible goes on to proclaim Jesus is omnipotent. He has all power. 
And it says it explicitly after his resurrection from the dead, when he conquered sin and conquered death, all authority and all power in heaven and on earth have been given to him. God is omnipotent. Jesus has that omnipotence. He is omnipresent. Jesus said, wherever you are in the world at any time, I am there with you in the midst. Jesus, like God, is changeless. Hebrews 13.8 tells us he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Just like God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. More than that, he is the creator of the world, and by him, everything that was made was made, so that there is nothing that has been created that was not made by him. In him and through him, all things consist and are held together. He has the ability to do what only God can do with sin. If you confess your sin, God forgives you. Jesus says, yes, I know, I forgive you. And that's why people got so riled up 2,000 years. Wait a second, what are you doing? Those are sins committed against God. And Jesus is like, yeah, I know. And he's forgiven. I forgive him. And to be worshiped, Jesus, to be worshiped. We're to only worship God. But look at this in Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11. This is what it says. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and of those on the earth and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The Old Testament gave specific details about this coming Savior King. He would be supernaturally conceived of a virgin. He would be born in the little village of Bethlehem. He would come from the people of Abraham. He would also come through the family of David, the man after God's own heart. He would specifically be from the tribe of Judah. And Isaiah 35 said that he would perform miracles, that the lame would leap like the deer and the tongue of the mute not only would speak, but they would sing. They would give praise and glory to God who had touched them and healed them. It also goes on to prophesy that when this Messiah comes, he'll be rejected by his own people, executed by the rulers, forsaken by God as he takes the sins of the world, betrayed by one of his own friends for 30 pieces of silver. His beard would be plucked out, which was the story we just saw before this one. He would be spit upon and that in his resurrection, he would conquer it all and rise on the third day, conquering death forever and ever and ever. Jesus Christ is the dominant figure in all of human history. What will you do with Jesus Christ? Who is he to you? And so we close today with the last few verses of the story as we continue on, verses 12 through 14, because he asked, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said to him, it is as you say, I love that. <laughs> you said it. You know, the Bible says that if you will confess Jesus is Lord, 
and believe with your heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So when Jesus says, you just said it with your mouth, it's almost like Jesus saying, you're halfway there. You said the words, if you would just believe what you just said, salvation can come to you. And while he was being accused by the chief priests and the elders, he answered nothing. Jesus answered not a word. He didn't defend himself. And then Pilate said to him, do you not hear how many things they testify against you? But he answered him not one word, so that the governor marveled greatly. We find from another gospel that Pilate was kind of disappointed in his meeting with Jesus. He'd heard a lot of stories about this man. I'm sure all of Rome you know, was hearing about this and especially being the governor there and he'd heard of the miracles and the people and I don't know what stories, teachings, miracles he'd heard, but he was kind of like, wow, I get to see that guy. Hey, I wonder if he'll perform something or do something. And he was disappointed that Jesus didn't really talk to him. And then he finally just stopped talking to him and he didn't do any miracles or anything. He answered not a word. And there's times when we're not to say a word to defend ourselves. Jesus had come to defend his father, and he came to do the will of his father. This scripture, Isaiah chapter 53, verse 7, also prophesies what we just read in the scriptures of Matthew. It says, he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before its shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth. There came a point where Jesus didn't say anything anymore because he was moving now into taking your place and my place and we were guilty. And so now Jesus is entering into that where he will be lifted up on the cross and he who knew no sin would be made sin on our behalf that we might be and experience the righteousness of God. All these accusations hurled against him, and he answered not one word. But Jesus did not come to defend himself. He was coming to do the will of the Father, and thank God, though nobody understood it, nobody comprehended it, even though it was all there, over 300 specific prophecies all converged in one three-and-a-half-year period of life and ministry. But then he was gone. And then on the third day, he rose. And the very ones who ran away into the night, into the darkness in the Garden of Gethsemane and were afraid, he appeared to them. And he said, here I am. I'm gonna prove you, it's me, the same guy you saw nailed to the cross. Give me something to eat. And he ate food in front of them. Put your finger in my hands. Put your hand into my side. Do not be faithless anymore, but believe. And they fell to their knees like Thomas and said, Oh, my Lord and my God. Hallelujah. Pastor Ray Bentley with great insight today on who Jesus is and how we should respond to him. Glad you've joined us today here on Maranatha Radio. Today's study is titled, What Shall I Do With Jesus? If you missed any part, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. There at the homepage, there's a place to leave a written tribute to Pastor Ray's life and ministry. And by clicking Media, you'll see the words Watch, Radio, and Devo. Three ways to enjoy Pastor Ray's insights via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. 
In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can arrange to receive Pastor Ray's daily devotions each day automatically at no charge, and also link to his YouTube and Facebook pages. So why not bookmark it? RayBentley.com. And you'll find Pastor Ray's books, including his brand new one, The Final Witness, and The Cyrus Mandate, both page-turning prophetic fiction novels in the Elijah Chronicles series. You'll see End Times Prophecy in a whole new light. And RayBentley.com is always where you'll find the best deals on Pastor Ray's resources. You can also donate securely right there on the site. Your investments help bring the whole gospel to the whole world. Our mailing address is Maranatha Radio, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127. Next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in the book of Matthew. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.